Welcome to the Parent Guide to GCC podcast. Today's guest is Abby, who's often better known as Miss Tinks. She's a qualified but still practicing teacher and now spends much of her time working with children to encourage a growth mindset, help them cope with stress and encourage confidence in their amazing abilities. This was originally broadcast as a live Facebook event and it can still be found on the Parent Guide to GCC Facebook page. Evening, everybody. Um, so we are back with the fourth in our series of uh, Children's Mental Health Week conversations. And this evening we are talking about stress. So um, we have Miss Tings with us, uh, Abby. Would you like to just do a quick intro, who you are, what you do? Of course, yeah. So um, my name is Abby, but I run the business Miss Tinks. Um, so I am a qualified primary school level teacher, but I tutor children from primary school and settling into high school and kind of that transitional period as well. Um, the main thing, I am I am still teaching, so I'm still a practicing primary school teacher. Um, so I kind of get to see the, the real school, you know, the real life around school. I'm still very much involved with all of that. Um, but the main thing that I do mostly kind of from home and around around all of the other bits and pieces going on is I've studied personal development since I was 15 to get me through my GCSEs, um, which is nice and uh, hopefully helpful for this evening somewhere along the lines. Um, and so I, I turn sort of all the books and people I've listened to and courses I've done and things over the years into more sort of child friendly easier to understand um, trainings on things like stress, like we're going to talk about tonight, um, general neuroscience, growth mindset, self-talk, all that sort of thing. Fabulous. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, sounds fab. Um, have you got any good book recommendations for that kind of stuff? Just I have got, I've got three here, actually, that I'll show you very, very quickly. Um, so these were the three that I read first when I was doing my GCSEs. The first one, I mean, I apologise for the tattiness because they are well-loved copies. Um, the first one is Attitude is Everything by Jeff Keller. It's a little bit philosophical, a little bit anecdotal, the stories and things in there. But the main the main message is all about how, you, you know, you, it's your attitude and your perception of things constantly and how you choose to view things and that that triggers your responses um so i found that super super useful another one that i absolutely loved was the compound effect by a man called darren hardy he's very big personal development again it's a very tatty copy so i apologize um but this one kind of covers doing things in pockets of time working smarter rather than working harder and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. because i i did I was helping my mum run her business when I was doing my GCSEs. My dad was very poorly. We were kind of balancing a lot and I worked in pockets of time and it was only through that book that I, I kind of got all that knowledge. Um, and then the final one is, Shad, I can never say his name, Shad Helmstetter's What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, which is a fabulous book. This is probably my latest read and I keep picking it up and rereading it. Um, and it's all about self-talk and again, kind of linking the other two together in that, it's all your perception and how you you tell yourself to deal with things that, that makes a big difference. So they'd be my top three. Fabulous. Awesome. And all three that I haven't read yet. So they're going on my ah, list. There you go. Excellent. Um, right. So uh, first question, I mean, it's maybe too big a question, but basically what <laughs> is stress and are some people more predisposed to it? So stress essentially is a very kind of subconscious, unconscious natural response 
to anything that your body perceives as unknown or that it's unsure of. You release, a, it's a chemical response, so you release adrenaline into your body. The part of your brain that does this is called your amygdala, um, which for little ones, I mean, we refer it to your meerkat brain. So it's your, you have the meerkat always out looking for danger. Your amygdala is always out looking for danger. Sometimes it gets it right, sometimes it doesn't. Obviously, the more unknown situations you have, the more your amygdala will be on its guard. And we can't turn it off because obviously then when we're actually in danger, it wouldn't, it wouldn't respond. But similarly we can learn to control it and kind of reason with it a little bit better the better we understand ourselves so i wouldn't say more people are people are more predisposed to it but people deal with it in different ways and react differently despite the fact that for all of us it is just this chemical response um to danger and or what your brain perceives as dangerous hmm. i mean the reason i ask it is because um, we've got three children when the boys were the boys were the first children obviously and uh, as a new parent you stress and you worry and and i think that rubs off on the children so they're a bit more on edge um with ellie who's now 12 and therefore enormous but she, we were very relaxed with her um literally from day one and i think that's manifested itself as she's grown up she's just very chilled doesn't stress very different to how the boys were is that it, does it come from the parents does it yeah, it's it's definitely a learnt behaviour because obviously when children experience their kind of their newest unknowns, they're looking at their parents to see their response and looking at how they deal with the situation. I mean, little another a little anecdote from me. When I was four, I experienced my first thunderstorm. I was we were on holiday in the caravan with my nana on my own, and she sobbed and screamed and wailed. So naturally, I sobbed and screamed and wailed. And ever since I cannot stand it, despite the fact as an adult, I reason with myself and go, you're inside, you're safe, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, can't do it, don't like it, under the bed, curtains shut, you name it. And it's all a learned response. It's completely learned. So when, like you say, like with your first children as well, you kind of more pick the, sort them out, pick them up, yeah. like, oh, the, you know, try and yeah, Chris, get the antiseptic cream, whereas yes. the younger exactly. ones, when you're like, there's no blood, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Exactly. Um, we kind of get to enjoy that now that uh, the other members of the family got younger kids and <laughs> they're busy sort of, you know, stressing out, well, just, just relax, don't worry about it. So they're not, they're all, kind of, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's all perceived and obviously they look to you for that response then. So, you, you know, the child will look up to you and think, right, well, what are you going to do about it? Because that's exactly what I'll do about it because I don't know what to do. I'm going to watch what you do. So yeah, it is very much learned behaviour. So given that it's learned behavior as parents as as the adults in the situation it's kind of almost on us to learn some better strategies for dealing with stress so that even if we are stressed they can then watch us go well this they're clearly in a stressful situation but look they're dealing with it and here's how they're dealing with it so that's mm. how i'm going to deal with stressful situations so in terms of coping strategies in terms of kind of managing your stress levels you got any top tips for us oh well i mean i think the managing like you say is probably way the way i would go with this because you cannot completely stop stress from happening you know you can you can avoid situations that would cause stress you can you know 
attempt to prevent as much as you can and these things will still happen but I think the main thing to note is it is a completely natural response and when it happens you just have to be mindful of right what do I what can I control what can I sort out what can't I do anything about and how am I going to deal with that do I avoid that completely then it doesn't happen again do I um you know do I accept it and just accept that I'm always going to find that stressful and try and prevent it there's it's it's all about prevention really and managing it because we can't stop it all together it's just about having that kind of rational conversation with yourself and thinking what can I do about this how can I move forward and and go from there really rather than panicking which is what most people do well yeah we were speaking to a psychotherapist last night on on the live and she was talking about she gave uh, the example of the dentist which always stresses me out mm. she, she knows it makes her panic so she'll talk to the dentist beforehand and say I get really nervous about this stuff it stresses me out if I put my hand up is it okay for you to just then stop and because she knows she has that out she's had that rational conversation mm. with herself yes and, no I can get out of this therefore I can deal with the stress levels so that makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah yeah definitely <laughs> um, with that, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with teenagers at the moment. I know that you obviously spend a lot of time with younger children as well. But what's the what's the biggest causes of stress to teenagers in this day and age? Well, I mean, obviously, with everything going on at the moment, I feel like that's one of the most used phrases of the past twelve months, isn't it? With everything going on at the moment, I think obviously with teenagers generally you've got those real very real world pressures all of a sudden where they're expected to make a lot of decisions decisions that set them up for future life for careers and things like that and if they if they don't necessarily know what they want to do obviously that's a lot of added pressure um and with the current situation you know children are being asked to plan weeks months years ahead and by eight o'clock that night, Boris could have been on the TV and the whole world's changed again. And we're expecting them to make very big decisions with very little to go off at the moment and very little stability around what they want to do. Um, and obviously another side pressure that's kind of always been there is everything going on with social media and what to read, what not to read, what to believe. There's a lot of pressure with younger ones. I mean, when I did my GCSEs, social media was kind of it was new so it was a very very big thing now it, there's just so much of it and so many platforms you don't even know where to start if you don't keep up to date with it all so ch children and teenagers and you know who are getting ready for their exams they're not at school so they're turning to social media more as a way of interaction but then seeing somebody's got the latest this such a body's wearing the latest that and social media ultimately is only what people want you to see it's not their whole life it's not a true picture but it feels like it's a true picture and at the moment that's all people are getting to see because they're not actually going out and interacting so for the children it's they've got all these big decisions in a completely warped sense of reality to try and make which is quite scary I, I thought my GCSEs were stressful and I really do feel for children who are who are out there at the moment having to make these decisions because it must be terrifying yeah Totally. So I mean, basically, the older you get, the more responsibility, the more choices you've got to make, the more yeah. opportunity for stress, I suppose. Oh, very, yes, most definitely. I mean, you don't. So theoretically, with the whole, the more you experience, the less you should get stressed. 
it kind of goes out the window because you bring new stresses into life like you say as you get older and you have more decisions to make more pressure more riding on the decisions you know it, it does it becomes you become more emotionally resilient which helps to a degree but there will always be new things for you to experience that mm. you don't know just yet so mm. yeah i would yeah i would agree yeah and then the peer pressure is a, a big thing mm. you you wear your spider-man underpants to school in primary and nobody really bats an eyelid but you do it in secondary and woo, yeah exactly for a while exactly no i, I agree from experience before you start <laughs> i love that <laughs> i was just you were talking about the the kind of you know the instagram versus reality kind of situation. very much and i mean i've been doing some filming today i've got a couple of lives so i've got actual grown-up clothes on if you see me any other time in the last year i would have been wearing either joggy bottoms or pajama bottoms yeah but have you got an iron shirt on and costume change nobody noticed Oh, you did. That's very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Iron shirts. Goodness. And I realise is... for the podcast, this is the thinking what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't normally dress up. I have done today. <laughs> and because you've done back-to-back -back, um, live events, yeah. I, I did a costume change because that's what professionals do. Oh, see, I he's going to peer pressure. Yeah. 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 There you go. It's that reality. A couple of weeks there ago, I had a hoodie on. That is true. That is <laughs> very true. I love that. Oh. So um, if... I'm going to get back on topic now. If you're if you're concerned about your child's stress levels, if you're seeing, well, I guess where where we'd start is what sort of signs might we see in a child who is possibly not managing their stress levels well enough, and then what kind of things can we do as parents to support them in putting strategies in place and stuff? Yeah, no, that's that's a good question. I mean. The, the main kind of symptoms around stress are usually you kind of see a bit of a polarised scale. So children, especially younger, but to a degree as they get older, they, they kind of polarise into either super confident or completely withdrawn, don't want to engage, or very, you know, over and under eating, over and under sleeping, being very focused, suddenly being very hard to motivate. And it's, it's noticing those kind of changes because it could be kind of any element of their persona that all of a sudden you think and you think actually that's that's not them that's that's not what they would usually do um and the main kind of way to start it is just talking through it and saying you know is there anything i've noticed this is there anything behind that or is it me just being par protective parent and kind of putting the onus on you and saying you know i'm, I'm just looking out for you is there anything that's not feeling quite right? Can I do anything to help? Um, and hopefully, I mean, you, you can, you can. if they're reluctant, they aren't going to tell you, they aren't going to engage, and you can kind of send them the other way then, which is where the young adults feel like they can't cope and like they've nobody to talk to because it's adding more pressure to the situation. So I suppose it's, it's noticing the changes and then coming to, to try and talk to them from a very in a very non-pressurising way which is quite difficult but they have to feel like they can come to you with anything um, mm. which obviously as a parent is usually the case but then with teenagers it can be a very different case as well can't it you know I mean I was I was as a teenager was horrible I was like no I'm fine don't speak to me not a problem I can do it da, 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 I'll be fine and then I, all of a sudden I'd kind of melt down and you know I'd go mum fix it and she'd be like okay <laughs> come here you know um so it would be any, kind of any subtle change, lots of discussion, keep it very open-ended. Um, and then from there, you know, see what they suggest because 
they do they do tend to have some children some children and young adults will say actually I really don't know what to do about the situation and that might be where you talk to school or you know see if there's anybody else that you can reach out to and help whereas some of them will go well actually do you know what I just need a little bit of time or I just need I've nowhere at home to work you know one of the situations at the minute is working from home spaces and spaces to concentrate and learn and then all that kind of thing you know so bouncing around ideas that could work and strategies and being very positive about sorting it if they do say this is the problem or this is how I'm feeling um because again they're looking to you for that response so by panicking and shutting down and you becoming stressed they will co do completely what you're doing so you've kind of got to model that behavior almost for them yeah so I mean I know if I'm a bit stressy I'm, I'm trying to make the point of saying uh, I've had a really stressful day I'm just going to go and I'm just going to go and have a bath and just have 20 minutes to myself and then hopefully I'll be a human being again when I come downstairs and if I have that conversation then a she knows I'm not being stressy with her and, and me and you yeah. um <laughs> and and B, I'm communicating those strategies so she's starting to think oh so okay if yeah. I'm feeling stressed, there are things that I can do. And yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. In terms of um, exams um, or not exams this year, <laughs> who knows? Um, that's, well, probably yeah. the biggest, that's probably the biggest, or the, the, the main cause of stress with students. Is there, are there any uh, strategies in the on the day of the exam, day of, of one of the exams? You're sitting there, you're stressing. Is there anything they can do to try and... So kind of practical. Yeah, practical steps. Mm. Chill and try and get the best out of the exam rather than sitting there. You know, Because if you go in stressed, it's not a good start, is it? You need to. No, no. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I, I was one of those those people. So I, I, I went into my GCSEs and my A-levels kind of, I've got this, I can do this, I've got this, and then sat down and the reality hits you and you kind of go, Oh, this is actually happening. They're they're putting the right that writing the type. Oh, yeah, no, I'm being given a pen. Yeah, this this is this is going ahead, you know. And I really started to panic at that point. Um, and I think the main thing to remember that is that that is a completely natural response. You, there's no point trying to mask it. There's no point trying to hide it or deny it. It is happening. You're gonna have to do it. So you, you it, again, it's a bit like that self regulation and that self talk of saying, well, actually you've prepared for this, you've been revising, you've looked at the syllabus and you know what's likely to come up. What you don't have control over is exactly every single question. So don't stress about every single question because you don't know. And think about, what again, what you have controlled already. So I think, you know, obviously an element of leading up to the exam takes place you know is is important on what happens with the morning as well you know think about all the prep that you've put in and kind of sit and go right well that's how much I've done to get ready I can't think I can't control where I'm going to be sat if I'm going to be near a door am I going to be too hot am I going to be too cold I have no idea I don't know exactly what questions they're going to ask but I've got all of this ready I feel like the, I've, I am as prepared as I can be and that is all I have got control over and just really trying to trying to regulate with yourself exactly what you have got exactly what you can't do anything about and it's all about that that reassurance of you've done as much as you can and knowing yourself and any strategies like you say about developing strategies that can help and you know getting into good practice of those so one of the things I would do in that before exam was have a bath because I know that that can't you know that was a relaxing thing and then in the morning I'd make sure I was up early that I'd eaten 
that I'd got some water to go, you know, got my bag packed, et cetera, et cetera. And you just kind of remove any of the little pressures and trigger points along mm. the way to the point where you get there. And then, like I say, you, you kind of have that little chat with yourself where you say, right, well, this is this and that is that. I can do things about this, can't do things about that. Have I done as much as I can? Yes. Right. I've just got to go in and things that you can around. control. You, mm. you make sure you yeah. make the most of that. I mean, that yeah. comes back to what we talk about in the membership in terms of in the preceding year, six months, 18 months, however long, if you, the more preparation you do ahead of exams, the more little and often revision rather than that last minute rush and panic mm. that has to surely, I think, lead to a, a, a calmer approach yeah. to the exams because you know you've done uh, as much as you should. I think a lot of stress does come from a, probably knowing deep down you haven't quite done as much as you should do yeah there is something there is something students can do about it but it's easy mm. to say not so easy to do apparently yeah very much so very much so and what you were saying about preparation there just just made me think you know like some children some children and young adults will stand there and go but I haven't revised that and I haven't well five minutes before you go into the exam there is nothing that you can do about that so it's another if you haven't done certain things it's kind of putting them to one side for a little bit as well because I'm realising that the more you worry about those things, the less you'll be able to focus. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of goes back to the things you can't control is that if you haven't revised it, you haven't revised it. At 9.59 when your exam starts at 10 o'clock, there really isn't much else that, that you can do. That's going to be what it will be. Focus on what you can do something about. Yeah. yeah. And little things like uh, if they do end up in a situation where they are going into school to sit even a mini exam this summer and for mm. their future years. So if you're listening to this later on, um, I'd advise packing your bag with all of your pencil case and everything for yeah. your exams the night before. Because I know Definitely. if it was me otherwise, I'd be lying in bed going, oh, I forgot to put my calculator in my pencil case and then I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'd be worrying about mm. that. And it'd be three in the morning. I couldn't get up and go and do it and I wouldn't sleep properly because it wasn't done. Mm. So that, controlling what you can control yeah that's quite a practical step that can be done as well so mm. definitely yeah occurred to me that that might be useful to uh to talk about as well yeah. things like um exam start times it sounds like a really daft mm -hmm. thing to say but a lot of students get it all wrong uh it's a nine o'clock start not a nine thirty, for example and uh, the the amount of panic that that causes mm. and they go into emily's I going to a tell you a story <laughs> so for my last gcse exam which i believe was english literature I was convinced it was a morning exam. It was my last exam. I was pretty chilled out. Mum and dad had gone off to work. I was at home. The house phone rings. It's school. Where are you? It wasn't an afternoon exam. It was a morning exam. Um, I'm a 15-minute walk from school. So, you know, how am I going to get myself there? Such a state, honestly. Mm. I ended up getting a friend's mum from down the road to drive me to school. And when I got there, I was in such a tiz that they wouldn't even let me start the exam. They're like, no, go sit in this room, just calm yourself down for 10 minutes and then we'll then we'll do it. So long as you're in the room, we know you're supervised. It's OK. You can do that. So, yeah, I, that story. I'm didn't, so glad I asked the question. I didn't get to leave the last exam with everyone else and do the whole. Yeah, finished because I was oh, a, a wally, basically. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, that is, it is. It's important, isn't it? Like you say. So the top <laughs> tip I was about to make was, you know, just because I used to Don't panic. <laughs> I used to panic that I didn't have the right time so it, it, I would double check I wouldn't check what was in my diary or whatever I, you know, I would check what was on the piece of paper that the school had given me or mm -hmm. 
if it's an interview, whatever the timing is, whatever the event is, just be absolutely certain that you know how long it takes to get there, how long, just the things you can control. You can, you know, make sure. Yeah. So. yeah. And a strategy there, I have I have a cousin who, um, how old is he now? Is he 19? He's 19. So going through his GCSEs, I was actually, he, my auntie was quite poorly while he was studying. So he missed like, a, he missed a, quite a few of his GCSEs actually because she was really, really poorly. Um, but I was driving him to and from some of his exams and things like that. And he actually gave me his exam timetable and I rang him to make sure he was up, to make sure he was moving and everything. So obviously I know parents would do that you know but you've got parents who might be working shifts this that and the other like you say parents who go out to work presuming that you're going to be fine for the day um but i would maybe make yourself accountable to another person and say can you just make sure that i am i am on with it and that's another another prevention strategy another thing you can control um but yeah that's one i just thought of that might be quite useful as well actually yeah, it's much like our daughter at the moment who wants to make sure she doesn't miss the start of the school day because she's slept in or something. So she has three separate alarms in the morning. It's like they wake up now and then there's the, are you awake yet? About 10 minutes later. And then seriously, you said you were awake last time. Are you really awake? <laughs> the third thing. I and mean, I, I'm 26 and I still do that. So, you know, I, I have three alarms in the morning for the exact same reason. <laughs> nice she's also and i'm just sharing this because i thought this was amazing she's also got two other alarms set during the day she's got them for the start of each lesson because some are live and some aren't but she's got a random one at 12 that goes off and says you're awesome just to remind her every day it's like that's genius that. and i totally want to do that and then at the end of the school day there's another one that says you've done awesome work today well done love it that is brilliant, right? Like she did that is work. brilliant. Yeah. What a motivation strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Love so that. there you go. That's my yeah. top tip for everyone. Go set yourself some alarms to remind yourself how awesome you are on a regular basis. Because somebody then, needs to. When the your awesome alarm goes off at three o'clock, soon after she's down the stairs trying to beat chocolates out of us or yeah. some sort of pudding <laughs> or. I'm so awesome. I deserve this. Yeah. Why not? Works Why not? Her. I mean, I would. I would do the same thing. I, I would be looking the for the treats uh, all the you know, time. The, the puppy dog eyes on as well. I always give in. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Brilliant. If anyone's listening wants to put some questions in the mm -hmm. in the chat, obviously, do please do. I mean, yep. Um, and then. We've got a couple more, I think, that we had. Um, do, 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 I'm just uh, looking through my question list. Well, I, I was going to ask, um, I had heard um, a small amount of stress is a good thing um, in terms of performance. So if we go back to the exams again, mm -hmm. is, is that true? So it keeps you on your game. True or false? No, I would say true um, for the people who... So the people people deal with it in different ways don't they so stress is definitely a good thing for people who possibly feed off that pressure and feed off that adrenaline and and really kind of take that and go right and it motivates them and fires them up and it you know and then you kind of you move on to the next thing and that might be a bit stressful and so it can definitely send people on a very upward spiral quite quickly of I've got this I can do this I've got this I can do this and keep going up and up and up but similarly obviously it can have the exact opposite effect as well um, and most people tend to find it a less rewarding response than a, a more rewarding response I mean if you take I roller skate competitively so I always tend to use this as an example because I've been doing it for 16 years and I still stand there and go what have I done what have <laughs> I done why have I told myself that this was a good idea and you're standing there in the rhinestone smiling thinking 
oh, you've done it again. You've you've properly dropped yourself in it here. And once I've done it, you feel incredible and you come off and you've done a good job and you think, oh, you know, like you do, it definitely helps. But in the lead up to it, it, it can send you the other way as well. So I definitely think it, it works in little, you know, small proportionate rather mm. than throwing yourself in completely at the deep end. Um, that tends to have like a, a very negative response and you kind of go back the other way. So yeah. I would I say... Mm. myself just whenever they ask me to just are you all right to just be on the news this evening I'm like no I'm okay and no. uh, I got uh, this morning this week actually uh, a random we're doing some homeschooling things on BBC Radio Cambridge in the mornings can you do a maths activity that's like fun and engaging um something I can do over the radio for math it'll be fine I mean, something zoom well, is one thing the radio is another really isn't it there at that point yeah. I came up a couple of minutes later and she went, Paul, oh, what, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? I've got nothing. But it was fine. And she it was, was awesome, obviously. Was fun. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. 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 In I little chunks, stress is good. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, right, we've got a question. So Vicky says, what strategies would you recommend to help a child in the middle of a panic attack? So the stress has oh. clearly got a little bit too much. Yeah, it's that it's that crisis point, isn't it? Um, I mean, so children can respond differently. I one of the main things I like to do we call we call it high five breathing. Um, this is something that I've only learnt quite recently, but I really think it's effective. And again, children and young adults mirror you, and then mirroring when they're at that crisis point, they're looking for your responses. And one of the main things that I find really really useful is to just same level as them. Um, some children like you to make eye contact with them and kind of say, Are you, have you, you can do this, you've got this, and others just want you to be quiet. Um, but the main thing that I tend to model is really slow breathing. So you get your hand and you go in, out, in, out, in, out, all the way. To, and then if they're still not calm, you go back again and back again. And you can repeat that for however, however long it takes. Like I say, some children would like, and, and young adults and whoever, I, I mean, I've done this with adults, it, it works with anybody. Mm -hmm. They're, they're looking in anybody in crisis is looking at you and mirror is the, it's their brain screaming out for I need something to copy because I don't know how to respond um so you've got you know you're breathing some children would like you to sit quietly some children would want you to talk to them and reassure them but being on their level and just kind of leveling the playing field almost you know if you're standing over them that's a bit too authoritative if there's a child sat on the chair and you go to crouch down on the floor next to them that it, they, they, they're not looking at you so it's it's difficult for some you know so just yeah being on eye level deep breathing repeat that for literally as long as it takes I mean some children you can get to five and they're fine others you can be on about 30 before they start to settle but it, it's they're looking for that model so you model what what you want you know what you want them to do basically thank you so um, yeah uh, hopefully that's uh, helpful there, Vicky. Yeah, hopefully. So to kind of sum up, I guess, have you got kind of maybe three, but I'll leave it to you, top tips for um, for managing your stress? Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of like thinking about exams and things like that, obviously, because I know that's the pressures that a lot of our listeners, children and young adults will be starting to feel now is preparing for that task and being as prepared as possible, you know, thinking about how much you can control 
and doing as much as you can for those things starting early like you say on preparation so not leaving things till the last minute i mean some people will say they work better with a short deadline and under stress and and it works probably most of the time but you you can't do your whole life at the last minute because it starts to have really negative effects on your health generally so preparing in advance preparing yourself in advance and talking yourself through what you have got control of what you haven't got control of and just understanding that it's a really natural process nobody is ever going to go through their life not stressed so when you feel it starting you think what can I do about this and having that self-talk and reassurance as well of you know trying to trying to get yourself to understand what you've got control of what you've not control of and I've wrote something and I've got some notes I've just seen something that I haven't thought about yet um one of the things that I wrote down was especially with with children and teenagers is you can lead a horse to water but you cannot make it drink so as a parent there is only so stressed you can get about the situation because again they're feeding off you and if they aren't ready to hear it they aren't they're just not listening and a lot of it has to come from them so you can guide them you can model what you want them to see you can point them in as many directions and the strategies and resources and things um, but it has to come from them so that's just something to be mindful of as well that that parents might find useful when dealing with exam mm -hmm. stresses and just you know parenting stresses in general really yeah that's really important i think because we we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves mm. to fix everything as parents it's it's just your instinct so yeah, yeah. useful very useful yes mm. you, no it I'll looks be... like you're about to jump no 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 no, 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 no just, um, i think we, everything uh, that Indeed. we were going to ask is there anything that we've kind of things that we should have brought up that that we haven't anything else that uh springs um, to mind i mean the only thing i would kind of add in is obviously you know how we were saying about um, the pressures of work, the pressures of the real world, and children and young adults coming to you with things that they're finding stressful. Unfortunately, obviously, services within schools and beyond were stretched to begin with, and then they're obviously even more stretched now. They're running on minimal staff, minimal funding. Some staff are being pulled from to other other schemes to pick those up, and you know, like CAMS struggle and there's a lot of referrals aren't happening because the staff aren't able to come into schools and things like that but I think that these kinds of networks and the whole kind of system that you guys have got going on is absolutely incredible and so reach out to to those guys and just speak to other people because as parents I mean I, I like I say I tutor I have 50 I tutor 15 children a week and how many am I on now I'm nearly there so I must be on about 10 or 11 and I've had four parents cry on me this week saying that they cannot do this. And that's at primary school level, saying they can't work from home and tutor and this and that and the other. And school services are stretched, yes, but there are other people out there who can help like you guys. And more so than anything, just talk to somebody about it, whether it's on behalf of your child or whether it's for you, just reach out because there are people there don't feel like you've got nowhere to turn basically. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll probably add to that our community. So we've got um, the Parent Guide to GCSE community, which is a Facebook group and the Parent Guide to Post 16 community. They are parents who are going through the exact same stresses and things as you. There will always be someone on there who will understand where you're coming from. Even if you just need to hop on there and vent, that is what we're all there for. So please yeah. do use the resource because you really don't have to do this on your own. 
apparently. Thank you. Right, super well, thank you awesomely much. helpful. Yeah. Um, hopefully answered lots of questions. Vicky says thank you for the uh, oh, oh. panic attacks. So, um, yeah, massively appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.